Stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, visit www.3cr.org.au. Because we got the alternative energy right. making our free autonomy. And welcome to the Radioactive Show, produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the Community Radio Network. Hi, my name's Mara. This episode of the Radioactive Show was recorded and produced on the unceded lands of the Bungala and Bunurong people for 3CR Melbourne. This week, we hear from Kimber farmer Barry Wakelin, who's had quite a change of perspective on the nuclear issue. Barry is the former Liberal member for the seat of Grey, which covers most of South Australia. He was the member for Grey when the Cooper Peter Kungajuda stopped the government citing a waste dump in northern South Australia. Now, he's a proud NIMBY. Hi, Barry. Thank you so much for joining us on the Radioactive Show today. Uh, thanks, Mara. Great to be with you and uh, on a cool South Australian day where I am. Many South Australians are well aware who you are, but for our listeners in other places, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Okay, sure. I'm uh, a fairly old South Australian and uh, have born and bred and still live at a place called Kimber on Air Peninsula, which uh, has become famous for being the proposed site for a national radioactive dump. And, um, yeah, sort of had um, the normal, started as a banker, actually, as a bank clerk, couldn't hack it, left, went on the farm and then travelled around Australia as a young fella and then came back and farmed and had a family and then uh, 15 years in the federal parliament and then back to the farm. And uh, that sums up my life. And then the last five years uh, fighting the dump at Kimber. What was your opinion of radioactive waste storage prior to your community of Kimber being targeted by the current proposal? Well, I was, of course, the, the lucky member that um, uh, back all those years ago when they wanted to put it near Woomera and uh, Site 40A or whatever it was at the time between Olympic Dam and the township or Roxby Downs and uh, Woomera and um yeah, well, I was right in the thick of it with the ministers uh, saying, yes, we should do it because some skirmish from uh, waste that had come from Melbourne into Lucas Heights and then back over to Woomera because to solve the political issue that this stuff always seems to evoke, um, the uh, New South Wales Land and Environment Court said, get it out of this state. And uh, some helpful little fed said, well, we'll get it over to Woomera where it's, after all, it's defence land and no one will give us too much of a hard time there. And then from that, it went into this, change it over to let's build a dump. And we then said, oh, well, it can only be low-level waste. And at about one minute to midnight, um, uh, they said, oh, no, we've got to put the intermediate in with it. And uh, at the same time, as the Premier of the, of the day then said, we shall see about all that. And we ended up in the federal court and the, and the feds got a, a thumping. We got a thumping and that was the end of it. But I, I never forget what I did do at that time, which was one of those things that sneaky things that politicians sometimes do. It was a particular site on a particular property in, in the middle of south, out, out back South Australia. And, and I changed it from that name. I said, these people are getting a bit sick of being told, you know, you I see you glowing green in the dark sort of stuff. And uh, they got sick of that. And I said, well, look, we'll fix it. We'll say, we'll just say that while they, while they ramble on about it forever, um, we'll just call it the North Central Northwest South Australia. So we got those poor people out of the spotlight for a while. 
But it was a pretty boring exercise. Glad to have it off my desk. And uh, I always thought what it was then, even then, um, it was certainly an Eastern States fix, particularly um, to, uh, or a Canberra fix, of an issue that uh, nobody really wanted to know too much about. Mm. Um, and so now that Kimbo has been targeted, um, what's your opinion of it now and has it changed and why? Oh, radically. Yes, radically. And, and, and uh, it's, uh, But it's been good for me because I've actually re-energised and re-focused in a way I never thought possible. And I'm, I'm de-liberalised as well and uh, I'm a totally independent, liberated ex-liberal and uh, it's, it's, it's a pretty exciting time for, for an old guy like me to actually then have to rethink it all and find that there's much more to this than the, the propaganda of the, the political, you know, party political stuff and to find that why can't we have a much saner and safer and better world by simply, now we've got it, um, look for the safest site. Uh, we have the technology with a, a process called SINROC, you, you know it would be aware of, mm-hmm. and uh, the chap in the ANU uh, who invented it over 40 years ago. But it seems as if ANSTO have been stuffing around for so long with it now, it's pretty bit frustrating. In fact, there are senior people uh, in the nuclear industry wondering why they haven't got on with it a lot more. And there's some signs now that maybe they are. That In other words, we know that a cyclotron is, I understand, nuclear waste-free. We know that there is immunotherapy for cancer treatment. We know that there is, in other words, a whole lot of ways that you can reduce nuclear waste because mm. it is such a dangerous thing. And then, of course, you get into the debate of which category, intermediate level waste, and then when the debate about high level and what isn't, and then into the low level waste, which has got a life of, say, up to 300 years rather than 10,000 years for the other stuff. So I'm amazed that the industry, the ANSTOs of the world, do not actually do a much better job. I think what happens is the, perhaps the whole debate becomes so polarised that people end up going into the trenches and finding out sort of half-truths to deal with the actual reality of it all. Yeah, if, if people came together and discussed it logically, we could get better outcomes, hopefully. That's, oh, absolutely. And I think... And, and there's no reason why we couldn't. If Genrock is as good, because I'm hearing figures like they can get the um, the... the the uh, waste from the nuclear reactor, they can get it down to 97% or 3% of the of the original 100% by the processes that this very clever man of 40 years ago has has given to us. And so we don't seem to be making the most of what we've been given by how we actually make this substance safer and then put it in the safest place. Mm. The process of government and at the moment, we've got a bipartisan view within the parliament, within the federal parliament. And and, and when I deal with, uh, and just having just dealt with the Senate committee, some people know a little bit about it. Some people have had considerable experience, but a lot of people don't know much about it, even within the parliament. Mm. And and so, therefore, the, the ignorance level is, is pretty appalling, I think, for, for what we should have, expect from our federal parliament. And now we, we're going to simply just push it. Through. They want to ram it through now to get it off the plate. Because, oh, I've been there for 40 or 50 years. It's been it's a pain in the butt. We want to, we've want we just got to fix it. And that somehow or other is going to fix cancer. And, it, and it's such a simplistic view of the world. What we have to do is actually understand what the stuff is 
having now created it, come from Madame Curie through to um, Hiroshima and Nagasaki and Chernobyl and all of those things that people uh, household names, we have to get away from the fear of it and we have to get down to the actual best management of it. And we need to get to it, particularly for the intermediate level waste, we need to get to a point of a proper permanent disposal. Yeah, so with, with the radioactive waste like storage, you would think with something as serious as the intermediate level waste that needs to be managed for 10,000 years, the fact that yes. it's been sitting at Lucas Heights for you know, a few decades really is nothing right. in the grand scheme of things. We can take time to look after it properly and move it once, not I, I, twice. I think, I think that's right. And, that, and thank you for dogging my memory in the, in the sense that um, that's the uh, federal parliament, the Australian federal parliament view at the moment. You know, we've been with this stuff for so long, forever and ever, you know, and it's so terrible we haven't done it. we just got to ram it through and get it done. Whereas if you look at Europe's nuclear waste, you look at the US nuclear waste, US nuclear waste, they've got military, they've got, in, they got um, energy, and they've got medicine. So they've got all this, heaps of the stuff. Mm. The way we see it, that you would think the Australian parliamentary view of it is, well, everybody you know, around the world's got a national repository. Well, that's absolute rubbish. In fact, what we did here learn the other night uh, from an, some one of the ANSO operatives were in uh, overseas at a nuclear conference, and uh, there was something along the lines that um, the Aussie uh, representative was saying, oh, well, we've got this wonderful place at Kimber, and they're going to do this and they're going to do that. And uh, they said, well, yeah, in Spain, you've got this really safe site amongst the agriculture or, uh, you know, reasonably, um, you know, pristine conditions. And the Spanish guy or the per person that um, talked about this particular site in Spain said, no, no, we're dumping it in an old uranium mine. And uh, so, you know, it just shows that, that there's, there's a lot of bad information, mm -hmm. ill information, and it's used for propaganda purposes to make sure that Kimber ended up with the dump. So if I was to make a comment on, the, on Kimber and why and how, it is the dishonesty of the presentation of the truth. And, uh, for example, 300 people at the local community hall. We have um, all of the gurus out the front from uh, Sydney, you know, Anstow, and from the department in Canberra, and all telling us how wonderful it is and say, oh, well, it's just safe. Yeah, there's more radiation from a flight from Sydney to Tokyo, more radiation. Mm. And, of course, you, you get into it a little bit and you say, well, that's totally dishonest because the reality is, well, we know that Marie Curie actually um, died prematurely because she was, she, she was affected by the radioactivity of what she was working with all the time. And uh, we know my wife's a nurse. We know you have to be really careful about how you handle x-rays and other, other issues. So the, the glib, let's just fix it kind of smart aleck comments from so-called experts, mm. we, should, we should expect a lot more for our own safety and for the safety of our people. Absolutely. So that's definitely a key concern, the, um, the glibness of the inf information and the minimisation of the seriousness of it all. Well, what... it is, exactly. Yeah. Mm. You're listening to The Radioactive Show, broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. We're speaking with Kimber Farmer and former Liberal MP Barry Wakelin about how the government's attempt to put a radioactive waste dump in his community made him a deliberalised Liberal and how the site selection process makes the sports rocks look like petty cash. 
What other key concerns do you have about the um, facility, either about the process in general or Kimber being targeted? Well, I'm what they call an economic dry, and I'm, I don't like taxpayers' money being wasted, and I don't like decisions which human beings should make being influenced by um, just throwing money at it. You know, the, the, the big friendly Mr Government comes along and says, here's a million bucks, here's 80 million bucks, just come along and vote yes so we can say we got 61% for the dump and, and uh, without ever really considering the issue on its merits. Mm. And then you, then you get down to the people. The people, the division is something this community I don't think has ever experienced before. You can have good local domestic yikes about an issue and, and everyone moves on. But this one has been with us for four years, five years. The government have put a, t- a campaign office in the main street of this little town and they've just gone out of the heart and they've said, OK, there is only one point of view, everybody. It's the yes vote. That's all we're interested in. And we'll pay our $86 million, which includes a bit of Hawker as well, to be fair, of, of the Flinders Rangers mm-hmm. group. But nevertheless, an $86 million budget which, by the way, I don't know whether the Australian National Audit Office had a look at it, but when uh, they looked at the sports rights, uh, my comment was that I reckon this issue here, the way the government's gone about it, makes uh, the sports rights look like petty cash. Wow, so, and this isn't all over the front page of the paper? Oh, yeah, and, you know, it, 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 it is just chronic the mm. way these people operate. And so I'm saying if you want to my, – if my view is – if you want to have something done that's pretty serious at Kimber, natural repository, nuclear waste dump, um, let's come into it without waving your dollars in our face. Let, let's have it on its merits. Mm. Let's have it, what does it mean for agriculture? You know, they're saying, well, we're going to get 45 jobs. Oh, yippee. Well, how many jobs do you think we've already got here? We've probably got 450 jobs here in agriculture anyway. And then they say, well, it'll drought-proof us. And... Uh, yeah, it might drought-proof one or two farmers who might get one or two million for way above the, the market price for their land, but uh, and it may provide a, a few, few activities for a few businesses, but it doesn't. What's it do for the people? And it gets down to this one terrible thing, divisiveness, the loss of friendships, traditional friendships, and on a, focused on an issue which we should never have to put mm. the time into. And let's just go to the, the another key issue, on, on how to – we've got a group called No uh, Nuclear Waste on Agricultural Land in uh, Kimber in, in South Australia, 400 members. Now, we've raised something like, say, $20,000-odd, and this is where the, the hugeness of it really strikes you. You've got 80-odd million dollars coming in from the feds just to basically bribe these people into a yes vote. Mm-hmm. And what have we got against that? We've got – 20-odd thousand dollars yeah. that we've raised over the four years. And here they have their campaign office in the main street just pumping it out, glossies every other month and just um, saying, well, you've got to do this because it's good for you, you know. Yeah, it is a and David I'm and Goliath. Yeah. Well, it is. Yeah. And, I'm, and, and I'm from the government and I'm here to help you sort of rubbish. And so, no, it's a, it's a real disappointment to see government operate like that. Coming from government, myself, and coming from perhaps what's seen to be slightly to the right, um, uh, you know, just to see the, the overwhelming uh, lack of consideration for human beings and the way that, and I, in my uh, submission to the uh, uh, Senate uh, committee, I, my, my opening statement is the government have been like uh, a dog with a piece of meat and they've just played with us and mm. they've just fed us what they thought 
the, the, the peasants from the country would, would endure. Yeah, it's a horrendous how the Kimber community and previously the um, Flinders communities have been treated. But although it is a David and Goliath battle and those budgetary differences are incredible, what I like to keep in mind is that the government has been trying, various incarnations of government have been trying to find a site for the disposal of Australia's nuclear waste for decades and uh-huh. the communities have stepped up and said no and won every single time so far and I believe that Kimber will be no different to the previous attempts of the government starting a dump uh, on an unwilling community. certainly hope you're right and I think the issue... Uh, that this issue reminds me about, and, and I'm grateful for the, you know, if you like, the reawakening of my um, individual uh, spirit. Uh, that, you know, it, it is ultimately about people, and and uh, whoever you are, and however powerful you are, however money, much money you've got, and I say about Amso itself, mm. it's a it's a billion dollar uh, government owned facility. And so it's got a special responsibility to respect the people, in my view, because it's owned by the people. Mm. But no, no, these guys, these guys just go to the government and they get another eighty million to top up what they're already doing, uh, to make sure we say yes. And and that that more than the nuclear waste itself, I found that the most offensive part. Perhaps the reality is, let's go to the aim of what Anso are trying to do with nuclear medicine, a good purpose. A very worthy purpose. But the real issue, what they're doing now, is about export overseas to nuclear medicine. Now, this is going to be way up, far too way up for some people, but you know of the debate about international nuclear waste. And what is very much different, for example, of exporting our nuclear medicine overseas and then dumping the waste at Kimber? We're effectively doing something for other countries, yes, export, making money for the country and all of that sort of stuff. But the reality is it's a form of de facto international nuclear waste being created and Kimber, once again, cops it on the nose. That's the a very it on the chin. good point. Well, I can't, uh, I can't claim it's all mine. I, uh, there's a wonderful radiologist, and I won't name him, but we had him in as a guest speaker. He was a wonderful speaker. And, you know, there was this wonderful comment, one of the locals, in fact... Well, a, a good friend of mine, and almost a good friend still, that um, got up and, and got stuck into this fellow because he said, are oh, you with the doctors against nuclear war, aren't you? Blah, blah. And um, I said, um, the fellow said, yes, I am. And, he, you know, after an explanation, he said, yes, I am, uh, this particular radiologist said, from that group. And he said, um, and I'm uh, very proud of it. And we have also won a Nobel Prize, by the way. And and uh, and I thought, what a perfect answer! That is the idiocy of the opposition. That is the low scale nature of the debate. Not about human health. Mm. It's about selfish economic objectives, yeah. and it's about other issues which are that far removed from what uh, decent humanity is about. So that's why I'm so opposed to it. So you mentioned that you recently spoke to the Federal Senate's Economic Legislation Committee about the um, amendment um, bill to specifically name Napandi Akimba as the site. Yes. Can you give us an overview of your experience in that Senate inquiry? Oh, it was pretty debilitating. Um, it was pretty clear as an ex-poly uh, they were sort of, you know, almost some of them wanting to hang a scalp off their belt. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, I found it 
disappointing in that I didn't think there was, they're not there, it seems to me, to probe and investigate and look what's in the best interest and the safest response for this whole issue. They were there to punch it through the Senate. Mm. And remembering that the two major parties have, have got a set position on it pretty well. I think there are some people, some individuals within some of the parties who are quite genuine and having concerns about it. I did get one very good question uh, from uh, one of the Labor senators, which really put it to me because I'd made it quite clear about my view about what the money was there to do. It wasn't there to look after Kimber. It was there to make sure that the larger national interest of Canberra and Anstow was served. I said that that was, that was the wrong way to go about it. And, that, and he said, in other words, you're saying that that money was put into Kimber to get a yes vote. Yes, it was. Absolutely. And, 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 and it's no question about it. And I think I got a question where I could give an opportunity, I had an opportunity to say, that's why it's so wrong. This is wrong because the way you're going about it, you just come to, you've come to buy a so-called 61%, which is actually 54%, or maybe 55 if you're generous, but it's not 62, it's 1 or 62% no. as, as the propagandists. No, they doctored, the fi- they doctored the figures and they've been inconsistent. They sure, they sure did. But, but we're not um, surprised, are we, Barry? <laughs> no, I'm, but I'm still grumpy about it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, uh, and so I think the, um, the, the, you know, it was, so the Senate committee was, by and large, um, as somebody said after, Barry, you didn't have a hope against that mob. <laughs> and, 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 uh, and, and I have sub- put in supplementaries. And, of course, there was some debate. I'm, I'm in the grain business. You know, we grow grain and we have to export it to survive. And, and uh, dear old Lucas Heights again, dear old Anstow, are telling us, oh, you know, over there, we've never had a drop in our real estate prices. And I said, yeah, you try getting a tonne of wheat and showing that to uh, an export buyer and and say, how much extra are you going to give for my wheat because I've got a, got a nuclear dump in my backyard? I mean, how much more are you going to pay me for my wheat? Yeah. <laughs> and you can imagine the answer I get. But um, so that's the... That's the, the rub of it. And, of course, the other thing you do learn about Australians, there are those who are very grateful that Kimber has taken the burden off of everybody else. No, everybody knows, knows that they won't be, the government won't be out there chasing them to, to grab a bit of land to put a dump on it. And, uh, but there, the, the silly part is there's so much land in Australia we could really do, um, you know, we could, we could do it safely well in a lot of places in the geological uh, sound areas, seismologically sound areas. And, of course, the, the stupidity of uh, Buckleboo or Napandi is that we know there's a 30 metre, uh, down at 30 metres, so there is a water table. that, And, they, and they're t- they've told us they won't have the ILW there for more than uh, 30 years. I know there's very, they say 100, but I've done the numbers and I think it's 30. By the time you look at what's in the uh, TN81 that's in Lucas Heights now, and it's already been there for a few years, and, and they want to bring that to Kimber, and you add it up, it's, it, by the time they get it here, it's, it's 30 years and they'll have to shift it again. And they've taken they 30 years to, to not again. find a site so far, so will they manage to find a permanent disposal site in well, 30 years? That's well, that's what they've told us. We, we, we have to get permanent disposal. They cannot, in, in, you know, if, unless there's some absolute travesty, they cannot use this site for ILW. No, it's not because, suitable. 
because it's the, the water table and if the permanent disposal method is the deep uh, is the borehole or the you know the deep burial method you can't you can't do it and uh, so they will say uh, you know oh well you know, I'm sure the odd person I've heard say oh well, well they'll find a method and they'll be able to leave it here at, at uh, Nepandi well if they do that that they they have just another travesty one of the dishonest aspects of this whole business and um, and uh, so yeah, not happy, and uh, and really, as I say, it's the dishonesty that I find the greatest travesty, uh, as much as the, the the issue with the waste. We all know we've got the waste. We all know we have to deal with it safely and well, but just to tell fibs about it is just not good enough. That's absolutely right. What do you think would be a better way forward? Okay. We know we have a permanent, a reasonable permanent disposal site available now and uh, that uh, and that particular the proponents of that site were actually asked by the government to do it and that has been ignored and so that's the first point look for where you can get a decent site the other thing I would do and this is a little bit radical but I would get ANSTO to be responsible for finding it Get the politicians out of it. The politicians will always be political, and you go, you know, they come up with these grand schemes, which, are, as I have described, and am totally appalled by it. Even though I was 15 years in the federal parliament, so you could, you can. We've already got some sites. We've already got the million dollars of reports from the sites that I was involved with. Uh, that you could have at um, uh, at Woomera, but this other site I'm talking about is is not that one. There are, there are two. There are sites available, and if you if Ansto were given greater authority to get on and do it, and they're looking after the waste now, then oh, that's that's another aspect. In fact, there was a, st a study done to show that um, they looked at a site uh, in the ACT as well. So. Anyway, everyone. Once you say that, everyone gets nervous. They're coming to, you know, the, my the dumps coming to a site near me. But I think if Ansto were just to take some of the fear out of it and the sort of uh, authoritarianism out of it, you know, it's a pretty convincing argument, as we found at Kimber, that if you don't take, if Kimber doesn't take the dump, we won't have nuclear medicine. It's uh, it's still a, you know, there's a nationalistic flavour about that. Our objection is to do with. Why would you put it on agricultural land, which is the nation's food? And there's and, only four uh, percent of it in South Australia. That's right. That's right. And uh, and uh, why why would you do it uh, in in this in this situation? And why would you bribe to that extent? And uh, but um, I I think there there is a whole lot of different and better ways to do it. I won't uh, bore you with any more, other than I think perhaps there's one word, two words: truth and respect. Come into a community and treat us as equals, treat us as reasonable people with genuine inquiry. One of my early statements was, it's ANSTO haven't come to do a job for us. They've come to do a job on us. And uh, that's that's <laughs> oh. the way I feel about it. Yeah, understandably. Was yeah. there anything else you wanted to add? I think I'll stay with truth and respect yeah. and add yeah. safety and health. Yeah. You know, I, I think, and it's not just the safety from the normal, you know, 
radioactive issues and uh, how many civiates or whatever that word is uh, you're, you're exposed to. It's the mental health of people generally and how they see this this issue. Yeah. And uh, I think, um, you know, a calm... Uh, it's pretty hard to remain entirely calm. And, of course, those who want to say nimby, nimby, my first response to them is, I wonder how you'd feel if it's going to be in your backyard. You know, there's a lot of people pretty self-righteously saying, oh, aren't you lucky? And you've given you plenty of money to be good little boys and girls. And I say, well, I wonder, you know, don't be too judgmental about NIMBYs until you've actually had your share, fair share of, of um how how you would feel if you if you were tempted to become a NIMBY? Yeah, and um, this is also all the communities on the transport route are being ignored. I think that's it. And in fact, there's a wonderful comment from a farmer not that far away who said, "Yeah, um, we get the the reputational risk without yes. the money." Then that and, uh, the and, whole but that's a different. That's that's a commercial. Uh, you know, farmer in me can see his perspective. Mm. But the more important thing is is the respect and truth as human beings to each other. All right, Mara. Thank you so much for your time, Barry. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and share your insights and opinions. It's fabulous always to have a chat with I'm you. A, uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a renovated human being. Reno- renovated human being, yes. Wakeland Thanks, 2.0. Thanks so much to Barry Wakeland for sharing his story of going from politician in Canberra to the front line of the campaign to stop a waste dump being sited on agricultural land in his community of Kimber. Thanks for listening to The Radioactive Show. You can download the podcast of this program at 3cr.org.au slash radioactive. If you'd like to get in contact, you can email us on radioactiveshow.3cr at gmail.com. The Radioactive Show was produced for 3CR Melbourne on the lands of the Bunurong people with the support of Friends of the Earth's Nuclear Free and Clean Energy Collective. It's broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. Thanks for listening and tune in again next week for more news and views on nuclear, peace and energy issues.